one for podcasting. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Stations, fourteen sixty on the AM dial, one hundred six point three on the FM dial. One hour to go as we take you up until the top of the hour. Still to come, we'll get to Thomas Bendit momentarily. BT Powerhouses, where you can find them on Twitter as he covers the Big Ten. That conversation coming up in about twenty minutes or thereabouts. Our friend Zubin Mahente from ESPN Sports Center and ESPN Radio now, as he does the morning show. He will join us as he does each and every Tuesday. Well, the Big Ten is certainly one of the deepest conferences, one of the most wide open conferences, still at the top as the these teams uh, continue to sort themselves out. And to help us do that is Thomas Bendit. SB Nation is where you can find them. That's the umbrella BTN powerhouse. A lot of good information on there if you're a fan of the Big Ten and Thomas joins it. Thomas, my partner is Trent Condon. My name is Ken Miller. Thank you for coming on, Thomas Bendit. How are you? Good, good. Trying to stay warm in these these cold winter months. Indeed. Well. Good. I appreciate you coming on. So, uh, look, at the conference is, is so deep. It's so much fun on a nightly basis. Disappointing. We'll have to wait until Wednesday to see them. But but uh, nonetheless, uh, here we are. Help us out with Michigan. Uh, we saw the state-mandated shutdown uh, very quickly. There was a little bit of pushback. And now, as of yesterday, seems that the pushback is be, is growing louder from the players. They want to play, Thomas. Uh, how's this thing going to work itself out? Yeah, it's it's a mess uh, to say the least right now um, on, on really all fronts. So the word is um, that somebody in Michigan's athletic department, um, the reports that I have seen is it's not a member of the basketball team. It's somebody else. So, I mean, track, tennis, who knows? Um, Michigan's certainly not going to disclose any of that under the, right. the various health laws. But Somebody got uh, the U.K. strain of, of COVID-19, which is certainly a concern mm. for the health officials. And because of that, the state of Michigan recommended that they shut down the entire athletic department for two weeks, which is its own issue. I'll, I'll set that aside. Michigan's athletic department apparently took that as a order and shut down for two weeks. Um there's been some pushback. The basketball players, uh, specifically um, the team and, and the athletic department, they feel like they've been doing what they can um, to stay safe, to test spot, you know, negative, to, to play. And certainly for the Wolverines on the court, who are just absolutely rolling right now, it's really disappointing. You wonder what the negative effects could be in terms of on the court, um, whether this could, I, I don't want to say screw up a, a potential national title run, but they're in that picture right now. They're third on Ken Palm. They've only lost one game this entire season. They beat Purdue by double digits on Friday night on the road. Mm-hmm. So Michigan's rolling. It's unclear what's going to happen, but I would anticipate um, there's probably going to be a few more developments uh, this way and, and that way in, in the coming days. And, and certainly we hope everybody's healthy and, and safe. But, um, yeah, Michigan – a lot of fans, a lot of people in the area certainly want the Wolverines back on the court soon. 
Right now, they're not scheduled again to get back on the hardwood until February 11th. And right now, without the games that they missed uh, in there, they're only scheduled to play 16 conference games. We know that they're going to try to get in more of those games, but is it realistic? The Big Ten did not put that extra week at the end for regular season games. Is it even a realistic possibility they can get to 20 regular season Big Ten games? I think it's going to be tough, and that and that's the other part of it. Not only are you talking about screwing up Michigan's flow, you know, they're rolling so well. They've only had one game in about a month and a half that's even been within single digits, which was that road loss to Minnesota. Otherwise, they're just taking teams in, beating them down. And the idea that they're going to cram in all of those games, as you said, that, that that's going to be really, really tough to do. And frankly, I'm I'm expecting that we're going to start hearing some discussion about maybe canceling the conference tournament. Yep. This is speculation. I should note this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have any inside info on this, but I would not be shocked if there's some discussion of that in the coming weeks of the COVID risk of spreading it with all you know 14 teams there, potentially having a team test positive and then missing the NCAA tournament. Seems like a really, really uh, tough window there to turn around. So I'm, I'm curious to see if the Big Ten's going to entertain that idea of canceling the conference tournament and adding an extra week just to get the regular season games in um, and you know maybe allowing the teams to schedule a non-conference body bag game. I don't know, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it would be very tough for Michigan to cram another uh, handful of games in, though. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Trent and I both feel the same way that this conference tournament is very much in doubt for that very reason. Look, the Big 12, they, they scheduled that extra week between the end of their season and the, uh, and their tournament. It just makes sense. And I, and we couldn't agree more rather than putting those teams all together, play it out. It's more important to win a conference regular season crown than, yeah. you know, get hot through the weekend. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, just one more on Michigan, the team, before we move on and pick your brain about some of the other teams uh, that you've seen. Uh, Dickinson's been an, uh, a revelation. Wagner, we certainly saw. It's Smith to me. That, that is he the glue guy on this team? Uh, the, the transfer, uh, Mike Smith is. Uh, when I've seen Michigan play, he's he may have really uh, has surprised me how good he's been. Dickinson, Livers, mm-hmm. get it. But what's his role on this team? It's big in my eyes. Uh, yeah, you know. He transferred in from Columbia last offseason, and he's been a a great, great piece there. They lost Xavier Simpson to graduation last year, and he was sort of the do-it-all guard for the Wolverines the last couple years. And Smith has plugged right in there, as you said. He's a great guy dispersing the ball, you know, driving in, finding a guy on the wing, finding a big man who has an open opportunity. He's really good at facilitating the offense. And the the nice thing that Michigan has going right now is, they have every possession, two, three, maybe four guys that can bring the ball up the court no problem um, and facilitate a little bit offensively. So Smith can play off the ball. He can hit some threes. He's a decent shooter. Um, he has been a really nice addition, and it, it's going to be interesting. You know, We don't know how a lot of programs and players are going to respond to this extra year of eligibility uh, because of the NCAA rule change for the specifically relating to COVID here. Um, but he's a guy who, I guess, theoretically could return for another year um, based on this, mm-hmm. this NCAA rule yep. change. I don't know if he would do that, but, um, yeah, great facilitator, um, smaller guy. He's only 5'11", but doing a, a lot of work for Michigan in the backcourt. Thomas, so we're getting ready for Friday night here. I was hopeful that 
with Illinois not being able to play Michigan State this weekend, Iowa, Nebraska, they were going to move this thing up and maybe make up some of the games that have been taken off. That's not the case. It'll be Iowa, Illinois coming up Friday night in Champaign. Take us a little deeper into Illinois. Love the talent of this team. Of course, getting to Sumu back along with Coburn is a huge step forward, but it just doesn't feel like this team has clicked at the level I've anticipated. What have you seen out of the Illini to this point? Yeah, that, definitely. Illinois has been a relative disappointment considering the expectations coming in the season. And I think CBS called them the most reliably inconsistent team. Mm. And I, I thought that was a perfect characterization where they're so good. They got two NBA guys in the starting lineup and they got a lot of talent around them. Adam Miller's a freshman uh, on the wing, um, really can shoot it, which has been a real boost for Illinois this season. That's something they lacked a lot of last year. You mentioned AO, who is fantastic, um, dominant in transition. And then uh, Cokeburn down low is a arguably the second-best big man uh, behind Luca Garza in the Big Ten. So that's going to be a fantastic b- battle to watch down low. But their biggest issue is it, it, it seems like they get up for some games. They don't get up for others. Um, they generally play a little bit faster style of basketball. And I, I think if Iowa... Iowa's a team that, that can play with anybody offensively, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wonder if they might try to slow it up, slow it down a little bit to just make Illinois uncomfortable. But I think, to me, it, it goes without saying, but the battle of the big men down low is, is going to be a fantastic thing to watch. Um, and I, I like Iowa coming into this game. I, I think they're going to be highly motivated after that tough loss to Indiana last week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, look at this... Uh... This this game, Illinois is going to be ready. These were these were street fights, rock fights when they played the two regular yeah. season games last year. So what? Just just overall, uh, when, when from afar, you when you see this Hawkeye team, he kind of alluded to it. We see the same thing defensively, not their calling card. Although believe it or not, they've been better this year than they have been. Uh, just your thoughts when you see this Hawkeye team. You know, I'm. I don't know how much I should read into that Indiana game last week because it, it really seems like it just. Indiana figured something out against Iowa, and the Hawkeyes, for better or worse, just couldn't figure it out, um, any response to it. Uh, that defensive run for Indiana towards the end of the game was just really disappointing for I- from Iowa's perspective, obviously. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the offense is fantastic. I mean, it seems like every guy on the floor can score um, at any point. As you said, I mean, the defense is certainly where, where things are um, a little lackluster. But I, I think, to me, if, if they can hold their own a little bit, um, I'm interested to see how Wieskamp performs against Illinois. I think he could be a little bit of the X factor here on the wing where, um, you know, you got the two big men down low. That's going to be a battle of best on best. And, and in the backcourt, you get some really skilled, experienced guys. But both teams are a little less experienced on the wing. So I'm really interested to see how, how you know, Murray plays, how Frederick plays, some of these younger guys because um, – to me, that's that's the X factor. Whoever you know performs better of those groups is probably going to come out on top on Friday. Thomas Bendit joining us from BT Powerhouse. You can find it over at SB Nation. Thomas, uh, help me figure out Maryland. Three victories in the Big Ten this year <laughs> on the road at Minnesota, who've been playing great in the barn, Illinois, and Wisconsin. But those are the only games that they have won. Just a weird, weird team this year as Turgeon trying to turn things around and rebuild on the fly. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this where, you know, we're into January and a team's only wins in conference play are three road wins over top 25 teams. It's insane. Um, I, I think Maryland, um, 
you know, they have had a tough schedule. We mentioned the three road wins. Obviously, the, they came out on top there. But, you know, they played Michigan twice. They played at Purdue. So some of these losses are, are pretty explainable. But I, I really think what it comes down to is they're really lacking up front. They got two guys in Hamilton and Smith that are not true big men. And I think in the Big Ten where you have maybe four of the top five, six big men in the country, um, maybe that's a little hyperbolic, but the Big Ten is clearly the deepest in, at center of any conference in the country. And I think that is really what's hurting Maryland is, you know, they run into some of these teams like Michigan where they don't have a guy who can match up with Dickinson. Um, so I, I think as they, they run into teams where they can put smaller guys like Hamilton and Smith on them defensively, they can hold up a lot better. But it will be uh, – they're going to be interesting. Eric Ayala is, is their best guy. He had a great game against Minnesota last weekend. Um, we'll see how, how they trend. I think you're, they're the classic bubble team here. They're going to end up on Selection Sunday where it's going to come down to, you know, do they take care of business against Nebraska? Do they win their games at home? If they do, I, I think they will probably slide into the tournament. But otherwise, they're just going to be this hot and cold uh, mix all year. Uh, last thing for you, Thomas Bennett is our guest. It, it seems like Izzo's got that proverbial switch, right? When the calendar goes from January to February, regardless of, you know, if the team's treading water, if they're really good, they seem to have another, there's still another layer there. Uh, I'm not sure there is this year. Help me out on Michigan State. Can this team turn things around uh, as, as, nor- as, as we normally see out of an Izzo coach team? I think they can. I don't think they can turn things around to be the Michigan State that fans are used to, you know, where they're competing at the top of the Big Ten, hoisting some trophies at the end of the year. I don't think they're that type of team this year. But as far as making the tournament, making a little noise in March, I I could see it. I think what it's going to come down to is Aaron Henry. Um, He has been up and down all year. I think he's the most skilled guy in terms of talent on Michigan State's roster. And when he plays well, Michigan State usually plays well. When he is so-so, we've, we've seen the results this year. Mm-hmm. They haven't been great. And the other thing that's going to be interesting for Michigan State, we talked about Michigan having a shutdown here. Michigan State's had the same yeah. thing for the last couple of weeks. Different reasons than the Wolverines, obviously, but um, they've been sidelined. They're, they're getting back into action on Thursday night against Rutgers on the road. They beat up on the Scarlet Knights a couple uh, weeks ago, I guess the beginning of January. Um, but who knows how they're going to come out of this this pause? You know, Penn State kind of looked the same after they went through the pause. But I think that's going to be a big thing in leadership and commitment. How how the team comes out of of this uh, step back here in, in the pause? If if they come out firing, I think they got a chance to at least make the tournament. Thomas Bendit, Thomas, thank you for uh, coming on here today. We look forward to doing it again with you. Thank you, Thomas. Appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Thomas Bennett, btpowerhouse.com, uh, part of SB Nation. A couple of uh, stories that have broken since we resumed in hour number two. Gary Barta has been asked to be the uh, committee chair again mm-hmm. uh, next year, so that's going to extend another year. My favorite television show, Gary Barta, will be a part of it on Tuesday nights once we get back into November. Seems like a long way off it is. Uh, but Nebraska, some – I mean, Trent uh, – what is going on with the Husker football program? It's circling the drain. It really is. Luke McCaffrey, gone. Cade Warner, gone. Will Farniok, gone. Those are the latest three. Wandell Robinson, earlier, had made his mm-hmm. um, uh, decision official. He is leaving. 
Trent, they're losing some on a team that didn't have a lot of guys. They're losing some guys. What is going on with the, with with Frost and company? I think it's over. I, I think there is. It's at the point. How do you come back from this? This is alarming. I mean, this has to fall on his desk, does it not? Three years in. Is it three? Yeah, three years in. Three years in. Frosty the coachman. They were making up songs about him after his first year. Oh, that thing was so funny. It, it was absolutely hilarious. So, what can be done? How do you fix this? He didn't oh. get rid of Shenander. The defense made strides. They didn't make any of those personnel moves. I mean, These are all three offensive guys. Farniok's an offensive lineman, yes. and a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And Luke McCaffrey's an athlete. The best, well, this is the not the best. The most talented athlete in the family, apparently, is Luke McCaffrey. Cade Warner's your number four? Yeah, he's too slow, but... Yeah, you know I mean? but he's a slack guy. Though. Yeah. Yeah, he can catch 25, 30 mm-hmm. balls. He can do that. Not a huge loss, and that's not the guy that's a difference maker. Four and eight. Five no, and I don't seven, think three and these five. are hit the roads. I mean, why would you want to get rid of McCaffrey and Farniok? Right. Especially Farniok. Mm-hmm. Starting your offensive line. We um, we need to either get Sipple or maybe Mitch Sherman. We haven't spoken to Mitch Sherman from the Athletic. We'll mm-hmm. try and do that tomorrow. Find out what's going on in Nebraska. It's not good. They're not, no, look, nobody's shedding any tears over in this state. No. Very few. <laughs> But Outside it, of the Husker fans, but don't you want as a, as a no, Hawkeye? Fan, no, you, no, I don't. You want the game to? No. You, you don't care. No, I want them to 42 lose. Forty-two to zip is fine that by fan you. Fan base is so annoying. I want them to lose and feel bad about it. That's what I want for them. But the games stink. That's fine. Well, they've been they've been competitive, but if it keeps going this way, yeah, keep them rolling. Lopsided. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. I'll sign up for that every single time as long as it's a Hawkeye W. Man, oh man, it is the, the off season. Well, your Husker loves coming season. out over there. Husker Kenny, as you're always known. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back with our friend Zubin Mahente. He will join us from ESPN right now. It's a time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword money to 200-200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000 money to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, about 11.25 on a Tuesday. Zubin Mahente in the on-deck circle. Miller in Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Make sure to follow social distancing guidelines. Except from us, of course. It's okay to stay away from your in-laws or ex-wife, but not us. Get up close and personal with Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. KXNO. Pigskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is to enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code KXNO to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Everybody gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Use the promo code KXNO now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl Challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. 
Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. On a Tuesday, I don't think you've ever played Grand Funk Railroad no, as a ball. Good I, one. I saw you tapping your feet over yeah. there. I, I got a good one for you. I was trying to think when this song came out. 70, hmm. 70s. Mid 70s. 76. Give me, all right, you get 76. Yeah, I'm going to say 1976. Give me 76. Here it is as it's popping up on Google. Zubin, do you have a guess before Trent uh, fills, fills us in? 74. 74. 73. Wow, Zubin wins the prize yes. today. Yes. Closer to the pin, closest to the pin. Zubin, how are you, my friend? Good to talk to you. Good. I, I would lose on I would lose on the prices, right? I went over the showcase showdown by one year, but yes. I will uh I will take it. It is snowing here. I talked to Trent. He told me you guys got 13 and a half inches. I used to live off of 8th Street in West Des Moines. So whatever you got yesterday is coming here now. It is coming down brutally. Every single day I take a walk around New York City like a different neighborhood to acclimate myself. But today I think uh, that is on hold. <laughs> yeah, probably is. Uh, yeah, but let's uh, start with New York before we get into sport. Are you enjoying the city, Zubin? It's, it can be overwhelming. Uh, it's a wonderful place to visit. It's, um, it, it's, you, you certainly, uh, there's, you can find anything, <laughs> that's, that's for sure, uh, in NYC. Do you enjoy it? Really enjoy it. I think the biggest difference, though, having grown up in New Jersey and having come here many, many times as a child, as an adult, is that there's just a noticeable lack of energy. You know, one thing the city used to, you know, run on is energy, but there's just not a lot of people. There's not a lot of traffic, which actually isn't such a bad thing. There's actually really not a lot of police around either. It's just used to be such a big, bustling city. You know, Mm -hmm. you go to Midtown and that's where all the tourists are, but it's like a complete ghost town. It used to be the most crowded part of New York, but... I don't think anybody's scheduling a vacation here anytime soon. So it's one of those things where um, I'm in the rare position of having lived here only in the coronavirus environment. I'm really excited to see what this is like, especially down here by the water where we are, Mm. if if we ever get back to normal. No, when. Not if. It's when when we get back to normal. Optimism. Yeah, you got to have it. No doubt about that. Well, Zubin, the Super Bowl matchup is, uh, we, we know what it is. Look, it's, there's so many storylines, right? You guys are, you're going to find, you can find literally two or three new ones that you didn't touch on yesterday. I'm assuming every single day. This thing, this, this Super Bowl, I don't know if it's going to be the most hyped Super Bowl of all time, but boy, it's got to be on that list, Zubin. Oh, I certainly think so. I mean, this is just people talking about like, you know, to use an NBA firm. Did I hear this on your show the other day? Did I hear this on somebody else's show? Um, where they were talking about in 2009, everybody was raring towards a LeBron-Kobe NBA final. And then the magic got in the way of the Cavs, mm. and we were prevented from seeing Kobe and LeBron. Today is actually the one-year passing of Kobe's death. Yep. And it's one of those things where um, this just feels like we got it. We got the NFL version, right? The magic got in the way and prevented the Cavs from making it uh, against the Lakers, but this time around, the Bills were able to get out of the way, and the Packers kind of subsided. And we kind of got that amazing matchup. It's been great. We had Brad Johnson on the show 
yesterday. You know, he was key quarterback for, uh, you know, Super Bowl 37. Booger McFarland has been on the show. We had some great moments. You know, Matt Castle, who knew Brady so well. Castle told us a really funny story where people just, you know, the whole 43 with Brady and how it's come about. And, you know, is he going to be the modern-day George Blanda? And Castle told us a great story where he walked into the quarterback room one day and Brady asked where he was, and Castle said, I'm sure you guys have heard this, he was taking like a real estate course, right? He came into a ton of money, got to figure out what to do after football, and the league is always giving you all these programs. And he goes, yeah, I just came from a real estate course to invest my money. And so Brady looked right at him and said, if you don't make, I'm going to paraphrase, if you don't make football 100% of your life and priorities, you aren't going to be here long, you know? Wow. And it was those types of stories, those sort of like in-your-face type moments. Because I couldn't help but notice Shaq Barrett after the game Sunday with Aaron Andrews on a Fox Post game show, I thought his answer was so interesting. He basically asked him what it's like to be around Tom Brady. And he basically said, again, I'll paraphrase, other than him and Gronk, nobody on this team has ever won anything. Mm. <laughs> so when he put the four fingers up in Chicago and he thought it was fourth down and when it looked like they may not even make the playoffs, they got in as a five seed and all that stuff, he just has an incredible way of connecting with every guy on the roster. And I think Jack was sort of saying, like, you know, he's still Tom Brady. When he walks out into that huddle, everything just changes. I would imagine the, the Chiefs feel the very same way about Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's going to be amazing. I think we're going to have all the hype. You know, the championship games did pretty good numbers. The regular season was a little bit off. But I think if there's any year where we could actually probably fill the two weeks of hype, I think it'll be this year. You know, Shaq Bear, just real quick, how about the – I mean, two of the game's greatest quarterbacks he played with, right? Peyton Manning in the beginning of Shaq Barrett's career, at the end of Peyton's career, and now Shaq Barrett's a star in Tampa Bay, and, and here comes Tom Brady into the locker room. Not bad, Trent. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no problem at all. So we look at the game. It's going to be different than any other Super Bowl, certainly of, of recent history, limited capacity. But the idea of the NFL to have essential workers be able to go to the game with 7,500 of them. The tickets that are available, it's going to be crazy. And the other kind of business part, Zubin, I want to get your perspective on, we're seeing big-time advertisers, Budweiser the latest, Mm -hmm. that are not going to be investing in this Super Bowl. What that says, and from the business side, when you see that at ESPN, how concerning that has to be. Yeah, I mean, I would tell you first for the Super Bowl, I think the aspect is great. We had Booger McFarland, Booger lives in Tampa. And one of the things I asked Boog yesterday, it's sort of like what you kind of want to ask the Bills fan. And that is because we haven't seen full stadiums, you know, the Bills are one thing. I think we all know the Bills kind of came on last year and the fans were there. But, you know, Tampa had the NFL's second longest playoff drive. And I asked Booger, you know, it's just strange to see Tom Brady run out of a tunnel at Raymond James Stadium and it's not packed. You know, just mm-hmm. what's it like? What's the excitement like? And it's so hard to sort of encapsulate it because we literally haven't seen it. But he's like, listen, man, Tampa's just going absolutely nuts, but it hasn't been able to manifest itself. To your point, Trent, the 7,500 vaccinated frontline workers, amazing story. Great mm-hmm. job by the NFL. We always tend to hit them like a pinata when they do tone-deaf stuff. you got to give them credit when they do stuff like this. On the other side, you're right. You know, Budweiser, you're not going to see the Clydesdales. There's going to be some ads for Bud Seltzer. Pepsi mm-hmm. is uh, sponsoring the halftime show with the weekend, but notably Coca-Cola is not in. But think about it from Coke's perspective. Where did Coke make a ton of money? Sure. When you go to hy or I go to the supermarket here uh, in New York, our shop ride or whatever. But the reality is tons of people are drinking Coke at games, at stadiums, empty. They're drinking Coke mm-hmm. at movie theaters with their popcorn and their nachos. They're not doing that anymore. It costs $5.5 million for a 30-second spot. And you're seeing a companies like Thriller, which is like, I'm too old for this, but somebody told me at work. <laughs> <laughs> Thriller is like the rival to TikTok. So 
that's what you're seeing, a very 2021 campaign room, which is like an online car thing. Again, I'm old enough where I would never buy a car online. I think I need to sit in the car, put my hand on the steering wheel. But that's the sort of stuff that's happening. I think a lot of companies do not want to be associated with something that makes light of anything because some of these Super Bowl commercials are so clever and fun and they make you laugh and the casual viewer. I just think on February 7th, where we are, it's 2021. The feelings of 2020 are still there. 400,000 people have died from the coronavirus in the country. 25 million people have been infected. And I think a lot of companies, A, want to save the cash, but B, just also don't want to take part in something where they have to spend five and a half million dollars, think they have to be funny or light. And it's just not the mood for many people to be light. And to be honest with you, you don't want to make the ad too dark as well, because that just reminds people of where we are when the game uh, is over. So I think there's a financial component to it, Trent, in terms of who wants to shell out that much money if you're not making as much return-wise. But at the same token, I think there's just sort of like an image-conscious thing mm-hmm. where it might be the best one to sit it out. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Very well said. Zubin Mahente uh, from ESPN is our guest. Zubin, what's the, the scuttlebuck uh, around your show or inside ESPN regarding Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he certainly, um, his statement after the game, I think got a lot of Green Bay Packer fans kind of uh, sitting on pins and needles. Oh my God, the the game, the way it ended was bad enough. Now compounding it is our quarterback may not be back in uh, his familiar number 12 next year. What's the, what's the feelings? Is that just a a guy that was, you know, um, just lost one of the bigger games uh, of his career, a chance to really define his career, and it didn't go his way? Or was this? is there something more there? What was the consensus? I think there's a little something more, but the percentages, if I were to put him on a scale, if I put my thumb on the scale, it would be largely that he would return. Obviously, he has contracted 2023, but that doesn't mean anything because Deshaun Watson has a contract. doesn't seem like he's going to be back in Houston. So as Kia said on our show all the time, Keyshawn Johnson, if a guy tells you he's unhappy, you're just eventually going to have to move him and whatever reputation he takes, whatever dead cap money he takes happens. Um, but I would say that a lot of this was obviously just brought upon by the fact that, you know, Aaron said it himself. And, you know, he just didn't say it himself. He put it out for other teammates. And it came right off his list. So if it's going to come right off his list, it happens. Our Jeff Saturday, the Super Bowl champion, Tate Manning Center, came on this morning and essentially said the only way Brett Favre, excuse me, the only way Aaron Rodgers isn't back at the Packers next year is if he retires. I mean, that's as strong as Jeff Saturday mm. said it. Now, he could always do the Carson Palmer retirement, right, which is like the threatened retirement or trade me somewhere else. But I think what's interesting, I heard you guys talking about this earlier. I was just uh, tuning in right before I came on. Adam Schefter put out a tweet. I'm going to actually up the number a little bit. I mean, I'm not who am I to doubt Adam Schefter. Adam was on the show last week. But he put out a tweet yesterday, I think, that said something along the lines of only 10 quarterbacks are locked in as starters, about, about. And when you use the word locked in, we have to specify, are we talking about financially locked in or just like, does it make sense? Like Matt Stafford is not locked in with the Lions, right? So it's one of those things where he put it at about 10, and then his tweet guys said that he thinks 18 or more teams might switch quarterbacks. And he would take the over. I spitballed at about 13. I could see, like, let's see, three-quarters of the AFC East isn't back, three-quarters of the AFC South isn't back, three-quarters of the NFC South isn't back. I don't think that's a stretch of the imagination to think any of that could be the case. Um, So when you start to add it up and say, all right, well, you know, three out of four in here, three out of four here, maybe two out of four in your division, our division 10, the AFC West, um, it does sort of add up. But I think it's going to be an unprecedented 
amount of moving at the quarterback position, and I think it's going to dominate the headlines the entire offseason. Uh, Zimba, one more on football, then we'll, we'll switch sports here. Uh, as I said yesterday on the show, I, I think Kansas City's going to – sadly, I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Uh, and that I was going to try and convince – my. and look, it's not going to take a lot of convincing because Tampa Bay's defense is absolutely legit. But there's no match. Uh, there's there's no matchup that Kelsey can't beat, and Tyreek Hill, and of course Patrick Mahomes. What do you think, uh, Zubin, with the right to change your mind when we talk a week from now? Is this going to be a good game? I'm kind of with you, Ken. I know uh, Trent seemed a little surprised. I was listening to you guys yesterday while I was walking around, and I agree. I just I just don't know what the antidote to kryptonite is to this particular uh, Chiefs team. I, you're right. I mean, I think Tampa's defense has, has carried them through the playoffs. I think the return of Devin White is really huge. Yep. He is all over the field. He missed Week 17. I think they played the Falcons in Week 17. He also missed the wild card game against Washington football team's coronavirus issue. But since he's been up, been back on the field, he's been great. But you know, Brady Stone. I think he threw for sub 200 in the Washington football team game. Obviously, the three second and a half picks on Sunday that Green Bay really couldn't make him pay for. Um, but to me, I just sort of look at it and say just the embarrassment of riches that the Chiefs have at the position is something. And the fact that if you're a Chiefs fan, you had to wait 50 years between Super Bowls, and now you're going to have to wait two years to get two. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty amazing when you think about it like that. But I, I tend to lean your way. I'm kind of a sentimental guy. I would love to see Brady get one. Um, and we'll see. I mean, he still has one year left on the two-year $50 million deal. But, you know, I'm sure you guys have discussed it. We've discussed it. I mean, look, they're, one, they're D4 toe away from maybe having yep. a three-feet. I have no idea if they would have beaten the Rams. I mean, who knows? That stuff is all hearsay. But it really makes you think that every single year Mahomes has been a starter. Yep. You know, obviously 2017 he was drafted. I think then he started that regular season finale against The last Denver, one, yep. But that was Alex Smith's team, right? So every single year he's been a starter, you could reasonably assume that they've had an excellent chance to win the Super Bowl and he could easily go uh, two for two, two for three. And like I said, it's 2018. It worked out a little bit differently. Who knows what we might be looking at. Zubin, final thing from me, and it's the one-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant along with his daughter. Certainly uh, just a devastating year for that family. Mm-hmm. Looking back upon it, and just, it's incredible that that was a year ago with everything that the world has gone through over this past year. Just a, a look back, if you will, at Kobe in a, a year after his passing. We had so many guests on today talking about it. There's a big special on ESPN today from the jump at two Eastern Time, 1 Central, for two hours, it's on ESPN. It's all about remembering the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. And if you're an NBA fan, I know Andrew Downs, a big Laker fan, right? I would, I would, you know, if he's around, he's listening. It's something you may want to tune into today. Uh, it's on ESPN, and I think we're going to do a great job with it. We had Spike Lee on this morning, who did a documentary called Kobe Doing Work in 2009. He just touched so many people, and you know, to think that it's one of those things where you know LeBron scored 46 last night, and He's the oldest guy to score. He scored 46, probably best individual game with the Lakers. They beat the Cavs last night. And he's becoming the oldest Laker with a 40-point game since Mm. Kobe had Mm -hmm. 60 in his very last NBA game. The the two things I would just tell you that that we mentioned uh, this morning on the air, and it's just, it's it's how sad you have to think about how long ago it was. You know, in the 24 to 48 hours before Kobe Bryant died, um, you know, the Lakers walked into Philadelphia. LeBron was 18 points away from passing Kobe for third on the all-time scoring list nationally televised ball game. He passed him, and he did it wearing purple and gold, obviously what Kobe wore. Did it in Philly. Kobe's adopted hometown, even though he's Italian, but Philly is kind of his hometown. He played high school, Lower Marion, out there. And then right after uh, he passed um, 
Kobe on the all-time list during the game. Uh, Kobe tweeted out at LeBron in the moment, and 24 hours after that, he was gone. And it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. to think how fast all that happened. Last thing I would tell you, this is the measure of Kobe. Um, it was asked, it was asked of him many years ago, if you, could, if you could only have one mantle, if you walk into your house, and you could only have one piece of hardware on the mantle of all the trophies, everything you have won. I think Dan Patrick asked him this. And uh, he said, Kobe, what would it be? And you know what Kobe said? He said his Academy Award. Wow. He said none of the NBA stuff. He actually won a short uh, Academy Award and Oscar. And it just goes to show you what kind of guy he was. Mm. For all the people that struggle outside of basketball, what they're going to do in basketball is done. He was moving on to a different um, part of his life, and it was going to be just as successful. And I think that moment where he said, I'd rather have the Oscar than all the NBA accolades, tells you everything uh, you need to know. It's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, 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 you know, listen, Trent, you and I probably both are old enough to remember the Challenger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. Ken, you may remember when the uh, President Kennedy was shot. Those I moments, do. and I'm not equating this to that. But you remember last year when Kobe died, it came between yeah. the AFC and NFC championship games in the Super Bowl. It happened during the bye week between the games. So for the first time, millions of people weren't gathered around a TV. They were in disparate places. And I guarantee you, anybody that's listening right now can tell you exactly where they were when they heard about it. And that's probably more a testament to the man than anything else. Uh, on a plane flying back from Las Vegas with the television on Southwest, I'll, I'll, I'll put one more uh, moment that stopped you in your tracks. Magic Johnson's AIDS announcement was, oh, was yeah. another one. Of course. Um, but you're right about the Challenger and, of course, JFK, if you were alive back then, and these two. Zubin, I think we'll just end it right there. I had a college basketball question, but it doesn't seem pertinent after, uh, uh, after that. A great place to end our conversation for another week. We look forward to talking to you next week. Zubin, have a wonderful week. Thank you, buddy. See you then. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Zubin Mahente from ESPN. Learn more about Kobe Bryant. In after his passing yeah. than I did before. All these, you know, the ancillary stuff, the stuff he was getting into, um, the relationship with his daughter. I mean, just amazing, amazing. Yes, he has that, you know, he had that one chapter in his life that's bad, mm-hmm. right? It is. Um, but um, got past that and was making, boy, uh, one year ago today. Crazy, crazy, crazy. We will take a time out, come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon, 2 noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 106.3 FM. For more than 20 years, we've covered the Hawks and Clones, high school and the pros. Here's to 20 more. This is Des Moines Sports Station. I've been with you guys since day one, and I love you guys. KXNO.com. Tuesday, we appreciate you spending whatever time you did with Trent and I this morning. Uh, final couple of minutes. Trent, uh, Drake gets to play again tonight. It's been a while since they've been on the floor. And look, Missouri State's no pushover. Oh, not at all. I was uh, looking at the statistical profile of both of these teams. It's hard to find a real big advantage one way or the mm-hmm. other. Four is what you get with the Bears, and I think that's where I'm You're jumping. Grabbing the points, and you found this layoff some, has been a month. Oh, it's been bad. You found some television tonight. I mean, it's on ESPN Plus, but it if is. you're a, um, a DTV subscriber, where can you find it? It will be six seventy one one. The okay. Fox Sports Midwest Plus, as the Blues are playing tonight, so they get the main channel. But the mm-hmm. Overflow Channel, 
We'll have Bulldogs Bears from Springfield with Dan McLaughlin on the call. The voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. Well, I will be dipping into that. My Jets uh-huh. play tonight, so I'll catch them for a little bit, maybe in a little Oklahoma, Texas early. Is this is not this is the second game without Line A? Your uh since the trade, yes. Since the trade. Yeah. So for non hockey fans out there over the weekend, Ken. I was gutted, man. That's your dude. That's my guy. This is the building block you've been telling me about for years. <laughs> for four years. Trent, I, I was just, this is my favorite Jet of all time, and I go back a long way. <laughs> um, and he's going to score 600 goals in his career. I mean, he's going to. He's that talented. He's unbelievably talented. So what's the knock against him? Well, he's not a center, okay. and center icemen are more valuable. Mm-hmm. And there was just a schism in the locker room, I guess. Oh, really? I don't okay. know what it was. He's kind of an aloof dude. Mm-hmm. He's the most popular guy in Winnipeg by a mile. And he liked it there. Which you've told us. No, what free agent would win their right mind that has options? Let's go to Central Canada. Let me see. L.A.? Vegas? Winnipeg. Mm, Tampa Bay? Mm, Winnipeg. Right? He loved it there, and he's gone. Mm. Just Just a... I mean... I have one we when it comes to you know everybody talking. Well, we could win this game. My we is the Jets. This one, this one got me. This one hurt. I'll be a ruin my weekend. Anyways, I don't want to ruin the rest of your day because nobody cares. Yeah, um, the, the hockey fans out there appreciate. Yeah, it, no, it's, it was a big trade. I mean, this was a hockey trade. 2016, Austin Matthews, who I believe will go down as the best American-born hockey player ever. Wow, ever. Uh, he's with. The, he was drafted number one by the Leafs. Line went two to the Jets. And a kid by the name Pierre-Luc Dubois went third overall to Columbus and picks two and three were swapped on on Saturday. That's a big trade. Yes. That's a major, major Think about that in the trade. NBA or the NFL. Oh. Kind of trade like that coming down. Yeah, no huge. Didn't make it any easier, although I'm excited to watch the kid play. Anyways, uh, we are out of time. Murph and Andy are the next local programming. They come your way at two. The Fanatics at four. Cyclone Insider tonight, I believe, will be on the airwaves at six. Uh, then we'll be back tomorrow. But before that, of course, the morning rush gets uh, local programming underway at 6 a.m. Coaches show tonight as they do oh, work on last shows. Night. I stand corrected. Uh, thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. situations. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite GRP. Murph and Andy talk sports and more. Weekdays at 2 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.